Okay, it's okay if you didn't finish shopping. It's all right. There's nothing else you can do about it at this point. I want to encourage you to relax. It's not the end of the world. If you did not get all of the, the perfect gifts for everyone, just relax and en- enjoy this time. Now, I don't know how much really you do stew over what gifts to get various people, <clears throat> but I will tell you this, there's a lot of help out there. There are all kinds of lists of suggested gifts that you can get. And as I was perusing some of those, I came across a list of gifts that you should not get for your wife or girlfriend. And so I had to look at that, of course, and uh, there were... Several things on here, I will, I'll just warn you. For your wife or girlfriend, uh, this author suggests never get anti-wrinkle cream. (laughs) You never get socks. You don't get hair removal products. Um, Don't get uh, cooking utensils. Who knew? I mean, really. Uh, cleaning products, don't get those, and under that would be vacuum cleaners and so on. Now, I realize, here's the problem is, I'm cutting down a great deal on your options, right? Uh, So you don't get cleaning products, and uh, you men don't get a gift for yourself. I won't even go into that one at at all. And don't get uh, cheap perfume. Um, there were some others on there that I just soon not mention even. Um, look, guys, if I, if I just sent you into deeper despair <laughs> because I told you things you shouldn't have gotten and you're thinking, okay, well, I've blown it. As I looked at that, other than the anti-wrinkle or hair removal, I've gotten all, everything on that list that you should never get for um, your wife or girlfriend. When I was younger, when it came to gifts, and maybe some of you can relate to this, I was meticulous in what I wanted. I would get the Christmas catalog from... By the way, children, a catalog is uh, this (laughs) magazine kind of thing. Uh, But I would get the the catalog, and uh, whether it was J.C. Penney's or Sears, and I remember laying on the floor, and I would go through, and I would circle all of the things that my life would never be complete without. And I could have told you everything about those, uh, you know, the, the models, the, uh, what they look like and all of that. Uh, the, always the stunning part, though, was that if you received any of those, it, never, it was never quite as cool or as big or worked like 
it looked like it was going to, either in the advertisement on TV or in the in the catalog. But but I knew all about that. Now contrast that with uh, something my sister and I were talking about this year. We used to, uh, when our parents were alive, we'd say, what do you want for Christmas? And inevitably, they would say, oh, we don't need anything. You know, don't get us anything. Just come home and, you know, and all that. And it was always, it was always frustrating because you were going to get them something and you couldn't get it out of them what you wanted uh, what they wanted you to get for them. But we've become those people. My sister and I decided, well, that, that's uh, me now. That's how I answer my kids. Oh, we don't need anything. Don't worry about it. But if you are an adult and you do say what you want, typically you're going to get more specific. You will uh, say, well, I'd, I'd like a, a sweater this is my size, this is the color that I would like, and uh, the, the latest thing, at least uh, with my kids who are mostly grown, is that uh, they will actually send me the link on Amazon, <laughs> and, and I love that, you know, because it, it takes all of the error, the potential error out of choosing which one of these products, you know, I can uh, one click and, and you've actually gotten what, what they wanted. It is important for us at this time of year to remember why we give gifts. It's so easy to get caught up in just the, the getting and the giving and all the hassle that goes around that. But why, why did this ever start? And why do we continue to do that? Well, it's because of God's gift to us. We have sung about it tonight. It is because of the Father sending Jesus. It is because of Jesus who is fully God taking on flesh and coming and dwelling among us. And Him living the life that we needed to live if we were ever going to get to God. We weren't able to live because of sin in our life. And it was because of the gift of Him going to the cross and dying the death that we deserved to die because of our sin. That's what we celebrate. That's why we give gifts and we ought to remember that. Now listen to the way the Apostle Paul describes that gift. He says this. Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. 
inexpressible. I looked at that word and I, I looked at other translations and other possible ways to translate it. And uh, you could say, thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. His indescribable gift. Unlike the human gifts that we were just talking about. Somebody says, what would you get for Christmas? You tell them. You can tell them exactly what it was. And Paul is saying there, there, is, there is that which is about this gift that is so different than anything you will give or you will receive that words cannot even express it. I want to give you five very brief reasons why that's the case. First of all, the cost is immeasurable. We all know that when we give a gift, when we receive one, there is a cost involved. When it comes to this gift that has been given to the children of the living God, the cost is immeasurable. It's impossible to measure. And that leads us to the second thing, and that is because of its value. It's more valuable than anything. After all, what is it? It is the God of the universe giving His one and only Son. What kind of value would you place on that? It's impossible. You can't express it. We can't even think what it would be like to, to give our son, much less the God of the universe, giving his son. Knowing full well what that meant in terms of his suffering and his death and all of the sins of all of his people being poured out upon him. The value is impossible to measure. And then compared to human gifts, when you think of it, it's inexpressible because this is a gift that may not even be on your list. It may be something that for most of the time in your life, you, you don't even recognize that's something that I need. Now you may realize there's a hole somewhere in my heart, in my life. But you just don't know exactly what it is. And that's what he's talking about. It is indescribable, inexpressible, unspeakable. And then fourthly, it is unconditional. How different is that from... Gifts that we give or receive. Now, I'm not saying that every time we give a gift, there are strings attached. I know that's not the case. I don't feel that way about gifts that I give. But here's, here's what the, the Bible tells us uh, about this, is that when it comes to God giving us this gift, it's not because of anything good we have done 
or could do. It's not because we have in any way earned it. And not only that, he doesn't want to be paid back. Now, you couldn't pay him back, even if you tried. And he doesn't want us to live our life trying to pay for that which he has done, which he has called free to us. And then finally, what makes it indescribable, unspeakable, is that unlike even the best gifts that we would give or receive, this one satisfies our heart and it will last. And that's the difference. The very best gifts that you give or receive will not fix a hole in one's heart, a gap in one's life. They can't. And the best gifts that you give will eventually wear out. And they won't last forever. There is a documented account of an incident that took place on Christmas Eve 1914. Now, the reason I say this is documented is because I've, I've heard this story at various times, and I thought, you know, that's almost too amazing to be true. And so uh, I did some research on it. There was a book written on this incident, and I even went to the ultimate source, Snopes.com, and this actually did take place. It was in the battlefields of Flanders, World War I. German and British soldiers facing off against one another. Now, as you know, war in that day was to face-to-face, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand. It was personal. And there were places uh, along that line of battle where the trenches were only some 60 yards apart. It's the front of the church to the back of the church. Very close together. It it was on that Christmas Eve that it was quiet for a while after fierce battle leading up to that. And then in the still of the night, the British soldiers heard the German soldiers singing. They heard them singing what they knew to be Christmas carols. Because even though they didn't understand the words, they could understand the tune. And it was the same things they would have sung. They got curious They were suspicious, but some of them, under the cloak of darkness, moved toward the other trenches, thinking maybe this is some kind of a trap, but it wasn't. They continued to sing, and some detecting them even put up some signs that said in their language, Merry Christmas. Things continued to be quiet during the night, but by the morning, 
out in that no man's land between the trenches, there were British and German soldiers interacting with one another, fraternizing. They had received gift packages from back way behind their lines. And so they were exchanging candy and tobacco and cognac and things that uh, they had. And uh, the Brits, being good Brits, had a soccer ball. They even played a, a soccer game that day. All of that after the first thing they had to do, and that was to bury their dead that they weren't able to go out and get to. It was an amazing day. As they went through the day, as, the, as it got to be evening, they went back to their trenches. And by the next day, the carnage had begun again. For some, that's all Christmas is. It's a truce. It's an escape. It's a brief respite. But then afterwards, everything's the same again. Maybe you've seen the billboards that uh, the American atheists put up in Times Square. Every year they put them up, and every year it makes the news, and every year some people get mad and, and that kind of a thing. Don't get mad at those. Don't get mad at people who don't have Christ. But the one that was put up this year in Times Square said this, Who needs Christ? And there's a slash through Christ at Christmas. And then it says, nobody. I saw Dave Moscato, the director of public relations for the American Atheists. He said he was interviewed and he said this. He said, we're actually making Christmas better for people. We're saying you don't have to pretend anymore like you're religious and like you believe some of those things that, uh, that you don't practice the rest of the year. So we're freeing people up just to enjoy Christmas. I have to say this. I actually agree with the first part of their sign. Now before, let me explain before you leave, Okay. You can have Christmas without Christ. You can. You can do that. And they have other billboards where it says it's not about Christ. It's, you know, about food and, and family and, and gifts. But this I promise you about a Christless Christmas. It will be over tomorrow. There will be that letdown that so many people experience and then it will be over if Christ is not there. But it doesn't have to be. There's an alternative. There was a sign, another sign put up in Times Square and it said this, 
to all our atheist friends, all he wants for Christmas is you. I love the tone of that. It's not lashing out. It's saying, you're all he wants. I saw a Christmas card. You know, you've seen the cards that say Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, I've, I've seen a card that says you're the reason for the season, meaning the gift of salvation is for you. That's what, that's what Christmas is. And that's the message for us. On December 21st, uh, last Friday, I picked up my son Benji from the Columbia airport. And uh, I was standing there watching, you know, how you can see down the big corridor and that's where people gather. And there, it, it, was, it was kind of an interesting day. There was a, a man that worked there and he was going down an escalator behind me and he said, look at all these people coming home. Isn't it beautiful? And I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? So I'm waiting for uh, my son to fly in from Chicago. And uh, there were a number of soldiers coming in as well. I was standing somewhat, you know, it's a fairly small area where people come in. I was standing somewhat near... uh, Another family who evidently were waiting on a soldier and uh, they had some signs, welcome home in his name. And, uh, you know, they were all kind of gathered around. And then, then there was a big buzz because they saw him walking down the corridor. He had his big pack on and, and so on. And then he broke through and his girlfriend ran into his arms They embraced and they kissed and then walked over to where everyone else was. He embraced everyone one by one and they were welcoming him home. And and I was fairly close to them and they kind of encircled him. And then I saw him go down to his knee and pull a little box out of his his pocket, and and his hand was just shaking. But I was close enough to hear him. And he said to his girlfriend, all I could think about while I was gone was you. Will you marry me? And then he slipped the ring on. She said she would. He slipped the ring on her shaking hand as well. And everyone was crying there, of course. Even one of the guards that I looked over at because, you know, we were all kind of, you know. You know, in the Bible, it says, Jesus is the bridegroom. And we are the bride. That's the illustration it uses. He did more than go to one knee. He completely humbled himself for 
his bride for us by living a life, this life, for us. And he too showed us all he wants is us. This Christmas, will you, will you make it more than a temporary break in your life? Christmas doesn't have to be over tomorrow. For those who receive the indescribable, the unspeakable, the inexpressible gift of eternal life by trusting in Christ alone for salvation for you. You will receive a gift that lasts forever. Let's pray together. Lord, how generous you are to have given that which with our feeble human vocabulary we cannot even describe. Will you help us not to take it for granted even for a moment? But will you enable us instead to receive the Lord Jesus as Savior and Lord that that which we celebrate now does not have to end tomorrow but will be marked in our lives for eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.